0: Welcome to the Art of Intention podcast with Beth and Ayla, two best friends turned creative entrepreneurs. This is a place for us to discuss everything business, friendships, and faith, and occasionally more. We're so excited for today's episode, we think you're going to love it. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. It is another wonderful Monday morning, and we are excited to spend it with you. This is The Art of Intention with Beth and Ayla, and we hope you are having a great start to your week so far. We hope to be sending you some encouragement and thought-provoking topics today.
1: As you may have seen in the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about the concept of choosing a spouse and making the decision to get married. This is a big topic, of course, so we will be focusing specifically on the part that we feel most qualified to talk about, which is answering the kinds of questions about marriage that our single friends and acquaintances ask us most often. We're also going to be talking about the statistics surrounding religious folks who seem to always get married young and really fast. It's an interesting topic and we think there are some takeaways there. So to clarify, this is not a marriage advice episode. Um, it's not like right. a relationship advice episode. It's simply addressing how we came to make the decision to go from single life to getting married and the decisions and life choices we made that we think most influenced this outcome for ourselves.
0: Right. Like we, it's not like we've been married for a decade or anything like that, yeah. so we don't have any of that bad advice to pass along, but we did both mm-hmm. get married young, so I'm really excited to be jumping into this topic today. We're yeah. going to shoot right over to that, but first, you know what time it is. Let's head over to community news. All right, community news will zip right into it today if you listening here today are between the ages of 20 to 25 and love photography which based on the demographics yes i've been peeping Mm -hmm. that should be most of you um canon is accepting applications until june 30th for their futures program futures is a year-long mentorship course it is aimed at encouraging and growing motivated creatives and it's from august of 2023 so coming like right around the corner to july of 2024 in person in canada For all my Canadian friends out there, you can Mm -hmm. say hi to me along the way. This will be their third year doing this, so feel free to check them out, research the other previous years they've done if you're interested. Again, it's Futures Program, so you can head right over there if you're interested in applying or learning more about it.
1: Interestingly, and Ayla, I want to ask you if you've had a similar experience. um, Since getting married, I've had a surprising number of people around our age, you know, some older, some younger too, ask me a series of really similar questions. Okay. They're usually phrased like, um, you know, like, why did you get married? How did you get married? How did you find him? Like, why did you get married so young? How did you know he was the one? Um, you know, stuff like that. Mm. And I tell you, dude, I never expected to get asked that so much. And it comes from the most random people. Mm. Like sometimes, you know, when I was in college, I had two friends, not super close friends. They were actually in town visiting someone else. But I wanted to say hi, so they came over. Um, and I think I'd been married anywhere between like two and four months at this time. Okay, Maybe it was closer so pretty to four new. Months. Yeah, exactly. And they proceeded to grill me about this. And not in a bad way at all. And I was actually so glad they were asking these questions because I think it's super important to know like who out of your friends are like a safe space to ask more inqu- mm. important questions like this too. But they were so curious about how I made the decision to get married and like why on earth I chose to get married instead of say dating and staying single how I knew I could trust him you know things like that so Ayla to start this out really quickly just did you find that you've gotten a lot of friends or acquaintances since being married asking you questions like that you know I would say maybe even like grilling you about it oh my gosh I I can relate 100%
0: actually like interesting right off the bat too just really crazy going into our engagement pretty much the whole i think you're right like especially in the beginning because um again yeah. getting married at 22 like other friends were just on mm-hmm. different levels of life whether it was college being single like whatever yeah. so it was definitely like are you are you sure are you sure like you have so many people to yeah. meet you have so many places to go and i'll definitely be digging into that because i have a lot to say about it but uh mm-hmm. i'll quickly give a little context on the circumstances in which chris and i met i've talked about it a little bit before but in case you haven't heard we met in a young people's christian mission. Christian missions organization called Youth With A w- Mission or YWAM for short. There's a lot of jokes about getting married young in that organization. Some people joke about it standing for young women after men
1: because oh my
0: god. The, the it's the idea that young people go there to meet their future husbands and, and wives because so many couples who meet there get married. I could pro- I could name at least like 10 couples that I know right now who met there uh-huh. and, and got married. Yeah. And there's a reason why, which we'll also get into. There's It's not just for fun like there's reasons why because you're it's a bunch of like-minded people together you you know you're gonna meet some really great people I never saw that happening for me when I joined YOM but very shortly after I met Chris I grew to really really like him and then we were obviously and then we were essentially engaged after about seven months of knowing each other and when I tell you I don't mean to sound negative about this because it really didn't bother me too much individual time and I like what you said about just being a, a safe person to ask this stuff so you know i i I love answering these questions but all the time i got lots of questions like Mm -hmm. but you don't know him very well or or how do you how do you know again that he's the one which is like a whole a whole thing i don't really subscribe to this idea of the one but uh anyway Mm -hmm. just wait until you live together and really learn more about him you you know (laughs) and then um Uh especially with the pandemic and our long distance story happening just after marriage i think a rumor actually kind of spread that we got married too young and separated because we realized like oh, we what? couldn't make it work, but we kept it behind closed doors, behind this guise of like oh my Yeah. Oh I I don't wow. I don't know how rapid it spread or how intense it was, but oh, I heard that nice. come my direction at some point and I was like, what? <laughs> and it that one did wow. bother me for a bit, obviously, but you know, people who are going to think thoughts like that obviously aren't close to me. So I didn't really care. <laughs> I was like, oh, the people mm-hmm. who know me know yeah, what we're yeah, dealing yeah. with. And the people who don't can really say what they want, because obviously, they must not be close to me. But yeah, so they're I think going right into long distance also just set us up for like, why, why aren't you guys together? And it was like, ah, but, and yeah. And yeah. Did they get married too young? Were they being young and dumb? Like blah, blah, blah. But I love what you said again about being a safe space to ask those questions because as much as I'll kind of roast them, Mm -hmm. I love talking about our younger marriage. I love getting to teach people the benefits of getting married young rather than dating and moving in together for like 10 years. And I love being a light to marriage and getting to explain that yes it takes work and you change a lot together and it's it's a choice it's beyond infatuation you you end up choosing that person every day but it's a beautiful beautiful thing um I'll maybe get into this later but I did have a closer friend of mine ask if I was worried that he would cheat or leave me or hurt Mm -hmm. me in any way and sometimes I did take offense to that because I know Chris and he's so kind and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like what if he cheats on you and I'm like come on like You can't just assume that of this person, but anyway. Yeah. But again, I got to explain the concept of trust beyond what you and I may have ever thought trust was. Trust more so in God, that even if something terrible were to happen in our marriage, I have God to lean on, and I am a whole person in Jesus outside of my marriage.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. And super interesting. I was uh, definitely... Excited to hear whether or not you got similar questions and had a similar experience. And oh, I was absolutely. pretty sure that most people, yeah, have that experience when they get married young or when they are religious of any kind and get married. I think that's very common. But I just honestly genuinely was not expecting so many people to have like the same, same like series of questions. Yeah. yeah. For me, like, and even it's, and again, it's not always friends. Sometimes it's just acquaintances. So yeah. And I I never take offense to it, but it's just, yeah, I always found that very interesting. Um, and so that being said, as I got more of these questions over the years, as more people asked me, I decided to stop and really think about it. Cause I never had like a great answer. I would just, sometimes I would joke about it or just kind of brush it off or try to give my thoughts. But I was like, I really think I need to sit down and think about this because also I think that I didn't understand what they were really asking. I think the real question they were asking—it's not like, "Oh, how do we have a good relationship?" Or they're not asking for marriage advice. I think what people are really asking is, "How do you know when it's time to choose that level of commitment? Mm-hmm. How do you find someone who makes you actually want to settle down, or even want to get married? How do you come about that feeling? Um, how do you wow. make that transition yeah. of wanting to be single to wanting to be married?" I think that's the real question. So when when I hear any of these questions. And of course, I, you know, have a little bit of a conversation with these people, but I think that's actually what they're asking. They just don't know how to always phrase it. Right. So a little background here really quickly for those who didn't know me before my relationship with Chad or who don't know me very well now. I actually never wanted to get married. I was actually very against it for myself, not in general at all. I just didn't want it for myself. I was I very happy. That. You were like, all. not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I saw myself as single forever. Um, So like, I guess I'll give a quick summary or a timeline of how I went from not wanting to get married to getting married very young. Right. So early through mid high school, I didn't really want to get married. I loved being single. I was finding myself gaining confidence around mid high school. I think I started to feel a little bit like it would be nice to have a relationship. And so I let my friends try to set me up um, with somebody. But the more I thought about it and kind of started going that way, the more I realized I just might have been getting influenced by my other friends who were getting involved in relationships. Mm. And I didn't ever want to um, just have a relationship just to have one or Mm -hmm. to have it as like a social status thing. So I felt a little bit overwhelmed and I realized I didn't really have any idea how I would find someone. And between kind of those conflicted feelings and not a lot of confidence, I was like, that's it. I'm just going to like stop trying to date and I'm going to step back. And I decided to full on stop looking for a relationship. And I made it a goal to work on myself and focus on like, I, as my recollection goes, I think like three things. I wanted to one, go on a ton of adventures and start building a lot of memories, go from like my childhood of like being controlled to now able to like build my own life and start making memories and do fun things. Two, I wanted to stop being shy because that was a big problem with my life. We've talked about it before, I think on the show, but I was deathly shy. Mm-hmm. And three, I wanted to be so in love with God. I wanted to be so close to God. So I focused on building my relationship with God to be super strong. And that was really my number one focus. Um, And I'm sure that me hearing the things I was hearing in church was probably affecting this mindset as well. But um, I was going to church like two to three times a week, involved in tons of church activities. I loved my church friends. The best parts of my life were related to church. And I really felt the Mm -hmm. absolute best about myself that I've ever felt the more I dived into those parts of my life specifically. And then, of course, met Chad at the end of high school and we got married in the middle of college. But that's, you know, so that's just an overall summary of the timeline for myself. Right. Right. And Ayla, what about you? Oh my you?
0: gosh. I Beth, I love that about you. What a mature <laughs> what a mature concept to come to when becoming interested in dating in high school. Like high school's a weird right. time especially when you start developing you know like crushes and like noticing people and all that stuff mm-hmm. it can be so easy to be like right. I want that I want that and like I just that is so cool because I I do remember that about yeah. you like everyone's starting to date mm-hmm. and even me I'll get into my experience but even me like getting interested yeah. in in boys and stuff and and you were, <laughs> were so on a different level and again that's why I loved our friendship so much because you know even though we started getting interested in that, we would just have our own adventures in the summer and do all this stuff. And oh like, we gosh, didn't yeah. care. But I remember those decisions oh, yeah. that you were making about, like, I want to get over my shyness and I want to be like closer to God and all this stuff. And I just like, I don't know. I think a lot of people- You were right there with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. I think you still handle it more maturely than I did. But like, I- I don't know about I, that. <laughs> I just, I know people- in their 30s and above, who haven't been able to sit down and like make those decisions for myself of like, how would I like to see myself in my life? And you just did that anyway. Just hi- yeah. just hyping you up over here. I love that. But
1: <laughs> I appreciate you. you. Love you. Yeah. I love you. And
0: uh, I love but you. yeah. So you just wanted to become the best you and the best you in Jesus. I love that. Exactly. So my dating experience was was different than yours for sure. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's easy for me to think of it as a waste of time because then you get married. You know, you find mm-hmm. the person you. That you end up with, and you're like, I would have rather just met you. But I truly am really thankful for um, everything leading up to Chris because I I learned so much from it. I know it's classic, you learn from your past, but yeah, I just really I learned a lot about God in that time too that I might have never learned without without it. So I've always been a bit of a hopeless romantic at heart, which is funny because I am like pretty I am not overly emotional in the rest of my life. I'm not a huge like chick flick watcher. <laughs> Anything like that, but at heart, I'm I'm a sucker for for certain just Aww. plots and stuff like that. And I I, love I wanted love really bad really early on. Mm. Um, I got my first crush at like yeah. six or something. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it was like some boy that I was chasing around the playground, and I was like, "I love you!" I like <laughs> ridiculous. Oh
1: my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my god! But
0: I didn't really I, I didn't really date in high school though. Uh, because, one, I was right, in lots right, of extracurriculars, right. like theater and clubs and stuff, and I was sort of academically overwhelmed, yeah. so I just spent time with my friends instead, like, spending time with friends helped me unwind yes. with all of that,
1: oh, yeah. and
0: I also did not talk to boys unless they were my friends. I was so awkward and so shy. It was like, because I had crushes, right? And if any crush, like, was like, oh, like, hi, Ayla, I was like, oh <gasps> like, it, I was just not, <laughs> I could not handle that, so...
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, so
0: I guess I had crushes, and I went on maybe like two dates my senior year, but honestly, I went to a small high school, and while I had some really Mm -hmm. good male friends who, you know, I am still would be friends with to this day, uh, there was no one I could picture forever with, and I always asked myself. Uh. That was, I guess, one of the smarter things I ever did, was if I were to ever pursue something, I always asked myself if I could picture forever with this person, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's like, well, you don't know them well enough, it was still. This person, as they are right now, yeah. could that be forever? I'm not expecting them to be a whole person. I'm yeah. not expecting perfection, but like, could could I do forever? Yeah. And there's been times I've you yeah, yeah, there's been times I've been in relationships, and the answer's been no. So I I break it off before it wastes anybody's time. I
1: suppose. Yeah, you were always really good at that for sure. Um, at making sure I was going to say yeah, not wasting time asking that question to yourself very early. Yeah. On. So. I remember yeah,
0: that. so nothing much in high school, but I was definitely interested in in finding love. So fast forward to college, I get my first serious boyfriend. I won't get too deep into this story, but obviously it's not who I married, but we dated for a couple <laughs> of years and I really thought it was heading that direction. Yeah. Um, there's many factors with this relationship, but it was not a godly relationship and it was not with a godly person. And uh, before this episode, Beth and I talked about, we have to make this a whole thing because we have so many thoughts about trying to date yes. somebody whose faith does not align with yours. So stay tuned for that one. Cause uh, if so many, so many thoughts, but basically this relationship yep. was, I call it, I guess, a counterfeit of marriage. It was close, but mm-hmm. it wasn't quite right. But then after that had ended, when I met Chris, that's what clicked. Not only was he my best friend, kind, mm-hmm. and you know, he's very handsome, <laughs> I posted him on the podcast the other day. He's he's a stunner, but not only that, but he's one of the most Christ-like people I've ever known, and that's what was missing before. After yes. that, I didn't need to give marrying him a second thought. And I didn't want to wait. Mm. I didn't need to be engaged for 2 years. I didn't need wow. any of this. I was missing something for so long, and it was Jesus in that relationship. So once that clicked, and uh, Chris and I were so lucky; we're very similar. So, as far as having interests and stuff, that was kind of like we're we're just really blessed to have that in common. But even aside from that, it wasn't a second thought. After this, I was like, "This is a Christ-like person who likes me back. Let's go!" Basically. So.
1: Oh, I love that! <laughs> I'm oh my gross. gosh, a thousand <laughs> times yes! No, dude, I love that. a thousand times yes! Love it, love it, love it. And honestly, I want to take a quick second to say that your experiences you specifically, they make you just a better light and you're going to be a better mentor um, to other people because of your experiences. Like when you start to think, was it a waste of time? So saying this to you, and I guess anybody else who's been in a similar boat to you, you're like, well, I feel like those were a waste of time. You know, it's kind of frustrating looking back on that, but there's a reason for it. And they're going to make you a more, it's going to give you more wisdom in that area so that you're more of a wise figure and an authority figure mm-hmm. on these topics when you're trying to mentor someone and kind of lead them down the right path when they're tempted to go down the wrong one when it comes to this topic. Oh so gosh. that's so valuable. I think your experiences are actually so valuable. People don't want to hear about this from someone who's never been through breakups right. or never been, has never made the wrong choices. That's another reason I really wanted to talk to you about this because I feel like your perspective on this is very valuable. Oh, well thank you. So, anyways, we will Yeah. Of course. We <laughs> We're will so nice to each other diving. on this one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. Yeah, normally we are just fighting, just kidding. We're besties. But anyways, we will definitely, for those listening, we will definitely be diving more into marriage and dating related episodes. Again, not necessarily marriage advice or relationship advice, but talking about like missionary dating, talking Mm, about all of the things that we have experiencing and things, you know, that we feel like we could talk about. So keep an eye out for that. All right. Now kind of transitioning now into specifically addressing the decision to get married and what we think is important to do leading up to that. Like I said before, I stopped looking for a relationship and started working on myself I know that no one likes hearing this people don't like to hear like just stop looking and then it'll all fall together Because it sounds like i'm saying to give up but I promise i'm not
0: Oh, I totally I totally get that and again not to like go on that cliche But when I met chris, that's not I wasn't looking for that, you know, like And it's not like I was like what no, I don't want a husband who loves me like, you know I just my mind wasn't in that direction Exactly. and and there he was but yeah uh you won't be yeah. able to find a suitable spouse if your priorities your morals and your goals are out of whack yes and exactly it's it's crazy you'll be more easily confused conflicted easily influenced and compromising which is just a huge thing in this in this kind of idea. If you're not set in other areas of your life, especially at such a young age, if you're not set in what you believe in and what your standards are, why your brain is literally still developing, who you spend a lot of time around in your relationships is going to mold your mind and your beliefs. Again, like Beth said, I can really attest to this, like who you're putting the most effort into and taking the most influence from, you'll see that carry over into your life like that, like so quickly amazing. And it's kind of this idea of becoming a whole person before giving yourself to somebody else. I'm not saying perfect, but generally whole. How, you know, yeah. Um so work on delving into what your standards are, what you believe, what you want out of life. Get to know yourself, your strengths and your weaknesses and work on those things without distractions. I'm a huge advocate for being solid in your identity and your identity with the Lord before pursuing marriage. Both Chris and I can attest to letting your identity become another person and your status with another person. And it is shattering if it doesn't work out. If you fall in love and you fall hard and you completely become that person and you become, I'm this person's girlfriend or I'm this person's this, and this is going to be our life. And it And it doesn't work out because it wasn't meant for you or, or something tragic happened, whatever, sorry, not like death, but like a breakup happens and your whole identity was in that person. Now, who are you? It's so easy to find yourself completely lost. So your relationship, and even if it does work out, even if you marry this person, you and your relationship with God cannot depend on your spouse. It has to start with you first. And then, you know, it's like the classic, triangle analogy that a lot of that a lot of Mm -hmm. people raise in the church will hear. It's you, it's your spouse, and you're both moving. I'm doing gestures with my hands that you can't see, but it's you and your spouse headed towards the same direction with his who is God. So you're still both individual people who are continuously being whole in God every day. Um something Chris and I say that some people might find weird is I don't need you here. I want you here. We're both set with our identity in Christ. We don't need each other to do anything but we chose each other and in doing so we're there for each other god gave us the gift of each other so chase after your relationship with god first because at the end of the day Mm -hmm. he'll help you make that decision
1: and yes you'll be better following his path for you exactly and because we're talking about before that decision i love all of that and This is just like making me think about this because we're still talking about just before you even make the decision about whether or not you want to get married. I'm going to chat about some other things too. Something that I would say is very important as you do this, ask yourself if you even want to get married. Mm -hmm. So, all right, this is where buckle up. This is where this episode, (laughs) this episode potentially gets, um, gets to ruffle some feathers. Um, but this is like, I'm so on fire about this. And also no, it's okay to change your mind down the road, but things like marriage and kids should not be assumed. They are not for everyone. So see if they're even right for you. If you're a Christian, see what the Bible says about marriage, uh, society, even Christian culture, has gotten to this point where it kind of makes us feel like the point of life is to get married and have kids. But we're talking about marriage today. So the point of life yeah. is to get married. Kids can be
0: like a People, whole thing, but yeah, like yeah, yeah I totally know what you whatever. mean whatever. We're talking about
1: marriage. Yeah. So, you know, people often quote the Bible verse, be fruitful and multiply, which, okay, side note, that was said specifically to Jacob in Genesis. So when people quote that, it's almost always taken out of context, but that's for another time. But I would say, consider what the true meaning of life is, you know, what the purpose of life is. What does the Bible really say the point of life is? You know, in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 7.35, Paul speaks to Christians saying their primary purpose in life is to serve the Lord. The best you can without distractions. Mm. Things like marriage and kids can be distractions. So look seriously into what the purpose of marriage is and when getting married is a good thing and when it would be considered a distraction. So, again, kind of stay with me here. Okay. I'm going to try to like make a few points and try to make it make sense. Right. So, first and all, first of all, 1 Corinthians 7 is an entire chapter that would be helpful on the topic of getting it's married so like good. seriously. It's so good. Yeah. I have not read it. Yes, yeah, sit down and read that entire chapter. You first of all, your mind's probably going to be blown about a few things and if you are not yet married, if you're still single, you need to do that immediately. You need to read that chapter immediately. 1 Corinthians 7:27 makes it very clear that choosing to not get married is actually a good thing and even recommended to some people. Mm-hmm. Because marriage will come with its own hardships and marriage can be a distraction. So I hope I'm just like building this little foundation here for you to see that marriage, kids, stuff like that. They're not assumed. They're not meant to be assumed or pushed on anyone. They are serious choices that even biblically are not recommended for everybody. Mm -hmm. So Paul in first Corinthians seven, six says marriage is a concession, not a command from the Lord. So it's not, God did not command that everyone needs to get married and have kids. So going back to that verse before be fruitful, multiply, that is not, probably what you think it means. God was speaking specifically. I guess I will go into it just really quickly. Even if you think that God meant that for more than just Jacob's family, it was actually not narrowed down or specific to getting married and having kids. But So it also applies to multiplying the kingdom of God. Paul himself was single, but he wasn't disobeying God. He was obeying God Mm -hmm. because be fruitful and multiply for him was multiply the kingdom of God. Anyways, so the Bible also talks about how you can sometimes preach the word of God better in the world if you're single. Right. Okay, because like I said, marriage can be a distraction. So the Bible is clear. If your spouse is not a partner with you in furthering the kingdom of God, then they are a distraction. And it would have been better to remember. And it would have been better for you to remain single. And if you don't believe me, all right, we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 7.32 says this perfectly. It says, an unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or who has never been married, can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. So, and then it also goes on to say that either choice is good. Choosing Mm -hmm. to be single is good. But if you need to be married, that's good too. But you need to be aware that marriage has a purpose. It's not just because it's fun. It's not to be Mm. assumed. Family, churches, society should not ever be telling people that the point of life is to get married, that the point of life is to have kids. That is so, so bad and so dangerous because your marriage can take you away from God. Having children can pull you away from your purpose and pull you away from what God is calling you to. Again, screw tape letters. I I think I'll probably mention a thousand times Mm -hmm. on this show. Anything can be a distraction, including good things. And I think we mentioned in the last episode we recorded, you mentioned, Ayla, a really good parable that talked about like, oh, of someone going in front of God uh, on judgment day and saying, look at all the things I did that are so good. And they may be objectively good things. It may be something like raising a family, maybe something like giving to charity, Mm -hmm. but if that's not what God called you to do, he is going to say, well, okay, but that's not what I asked you to do, is it? So this is so important. I really wanted to make sure that today we laid this foundation down and said, you are not wrong if you choose to be single. You are not wrong if you choose to be married, but this is not assumed. I think it's so important that you make sure that you know what you are called to do and you know what marriage is and what the purpose of it is. Yeah. So there we go.
0: Yeah. And I just want to touch on that real quick and also talk about, I'd love to, again, talk about um, singleness in and of itself. Because today we're talking about Mm -hmm. marriage, so we're not talking about singleness, but how singleness can be we love this word over here but like a season yeah. and we're also talking about getting married young in this episode and that beth and i did this so mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. gonna go to the opposite of that but sometimes you're also not called to be married at 18 19 20 yeah. A dear amazing sweet friend of mine in um the missions community just got married she was doing missions for almost a decade eight or nine years single
1: mm, um that
0: knew she wanted to get married knew God had her husband picked out for her but was like I I don't know when I'll meet him I don't know I'm doing this right now and how singleness like Beth said it's it's you and God there's no divided interest there's no distractions it's you and God even if you're called to marriage later at a time if you're if you're maybe getting into your later 20s 25 26 27 and you're kind of like where's my husband where's my wife you know what is this this can still be an amazing time to be just going for it with the Lord, whether that means starting a business or going um, full-time in in teaching or ministering with your church or something like that. So I just wanted to touch on that yeah. because I also listened to a sermon about this topic as well, um, that exact verse that you mentioned with Paul. So I'm so glad you brought it up. Both are good. Uh, and I think Paul also says, I cannot, nobody freak out. I cannot remember if it's in this chapter or another one. So um <laughs> sorry i don't know but he he basically expands on it and says essentially don't be married but if you cannot help yourself as in the yeah. round, then get married <laughs> and let's be honest most yeah. people cannot help themselves <laughs> which is fine we were created this way there's a whole entire book song of solomon about that it is very normal <laughs> to have those wants and those yeah. desires so most people will get married however some people are are called to live single And that is something they're dealing with and like giving up. But most people are not called to like deal with that. You know, if that makes sense, like I feel like marriage is gonna work well for a lot of people, so.
1: Yeah, I actually, I found that verse um, while you were talking because <gasps> oh. I know the one you're talking about. So yes, you're right. It is that chapter. So it's just easy to scroll right down to oh, it. Oh, um, thank you. Thank you for chapter- finding that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 1 Corinthians 7, um, verse 36 through like 38 basically. And it says like if anyone, this is, I don't know what version this is because I had to pull it up on my computer, but it says if anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably towards his fiance and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He is not sinning. They should get married. Mm. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion but has control over his will, and who has made up his mind to not marry his fiancé, this man also does the right thing. Mm. So then, he who marries his fiancé does right, but he who does not marry does even better. And again, it's not because one is better than the other, but it's because you will then have no distractions from serving God with your whole body, soul, and mind.
0: And I love all of that. And this isn't to say we hate marriage. Obviously we're big advocates for it. We are married. (laughs) I have so many married friends and I'll touch on this real quick because it's like not a part of what I have to say, but it just, when you said that, I also think marriage Mm -hmm. can be used as a tool. Like you said, Getting married is great. Not getting married is just all these different opportunities to serve God better. However, I will say this is a big dream um, for Chris and I that I would love to accomplish one day that I know other people have done. But kind of what uh, how marriage can serve other people like um, Chris traveled with a Christian married couple to a more third world country. Where it's not very normal for women to have the responsibilities that they would have in North America, like to work and to not speak because it wasn't that kind of culture. But you know what I'm saying? Like basically, this young Christian couple were equally preaching in this country and equally doing work, and they were kind of like asking the husband, like, why do you let her do all of this? And he got to explain their calling in God, how a man and a wife honor Mm -hmm. each other. So you know, your marriage. Going into ministry can be a very good tool. And that's a big dream for Chris and I too. We're big advocates on like teaching people through marriage. So it can really be an amazing thing. We're big advocates. I love being a wife and I love how it's made me a better person. All of this is to say there, again, we're not even to the getting married part. We're not even to the finding a spouse part. We're in the like becoming a you part, but we are saying there's weight behind the decision and it's not one to take lightly. The point that Beth and I are making is we're highlighting the importance of godliness in your decision to get married. No other factors, not because everybody else is doing it, because you're lonely. You need, Christ needs to have a place in your marriage, like
1: full stop. The main place. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yep. I yeah, like you I think you said that perfectly. So yeah, just to be clear, I don't hate marriage. We don't hate marriage, but I personally do hate this the society's push and even the church's modern mm-hmm. push for it. Not even modern. I guess it's always been that way, but right. the way that modern society has kind of I see it now pressuring people even in the church to get married as a priority over serving God even in singleness. Mm-hmm. So, don't hate marriage, but I hate society direction and push for it right now. And I've seen too many people that I love getting married and rushing into it and then getting divorced mm. because they didn't have the, the right mindset behind it. Or even just maybe if they don't get divorced, they're just not able to pursue God's plan A for them. Mm. So it needs to be an intentional decision, like you were saying. Oh, I love that.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. <sighs> Start, starting off, um, however many minutes in, starting off with just bangers. But I love all of that. And it's so important to lay that foundation down before we even move on to our advice for finding a spouse. So there's all that. Do with all of that information what you will. Read Corinthians 7, like Beth said. And then now, once you feel ready, once you've done everything we've said before, once you feel ready to pursue a relationship, how do you find someone? Well, we think it starts with not looking in the wrong places. I will go off about this. What do I mean? (laughs) Well, if you're a Christian and you want a like, well, actually, if you're a Christian, you should want a like-minded and like moraled man. I'm talking to women here, I guess. You're going to want a like- minded spouse you're less likely to find this person in bars or out partying so if you spend all your free time in places that don't typically attract like-minded people you're not really giving yourself the best options chris and i talk about this all the time women constantly i'm not saying all women are doing this but like to the women who are constantly on tinder and going to clubs and partying and then upset when no man wants to stay with them or treat them the way they should be treated this might sound kind of harsh, but you look in a trash can, you're going to find trash. <laughs> so start looking in the <laughs> yeah. I don't know, not trash can, but like five-star restaurant refrigerator. I don't know. <laughs> like
1: the, yeah. that analogy
0: oh did not carry. Basically start well.
1: No, it's good. It's
0: good. Start think about the who again this goes back to who you are but where are you going and where are you trying to find this person um not saying these people are trash by the way i'm not saying that whatsoever it's an analogy but yeah just think about think about where you're looking and i again i know Mm -hmm. not everyone is a christian and and that's totally okay there's totally still space for you here and in this episode but again if you think you're ready to find your spouse are you active in your church? Are you active in ministry opportunities? And again, not to say like, you have to go to church every Sunday to be a Christian, but like, where are you going to find somebody like this? It's not gonna be just some person in a club you meet somewhere. It's gonna be somebody else also devoting their time
1: to time with the Father. So it's time to start looking in those places. Right. exactly. If you find yourself struggling, you're like, man, I just can't find anyone. If your main question, when you go to somebody who's married, one of your friends is married, if your main and first question is, how did you find them? Whatever they tell you, I'm telling you right now the honest answer, if they are like in a godly, amazing relationship that you admire so much, the answer is probably, well, not the same place as you're looking. Mm-hmm. And not. To, we're not trying to sound harsh here like Ayla said. We're just, you know, we're here to try to help you. This is okay. when we reflected on the questions we get asked. This is where we came and we're like we want to be the most honest with you. This is what we came to right. with our answers oh and by the way side note i i like to use the phrases like-minded and also the phrase like moral i don't mm. know if that's like a real phrase or if i made that up or whatever but um you'll hear me say that a lot through this episode because like-minded for me is similar interests similar right. politics maybe but like moraled is like similar faith and i guess even similar politics because you know politics are downstream of your your faith and everything but yeah so just right. so you know when i, I say like moral like-minded that's what that means okay so with kind of going off what you said My next thing that I would say is that uh, it also is important to surround yourself with friends who are like-minded and like morals as well. Mm -hmm. You know, when they introduce you to new friends and new friend groups, or they invite you to go out and do stuff and new people are going to be there, you're more likely to find someone who shares your values when all of your friends share your values as well. Mm. A lot of marriages come from relationships uh, being introduced by mutual friends. So your friend group is important for finding your spouse even
0: yes i love that too and i i also it just popped in my brain quickly say that you're listening to this and you're like but beth and Ayla, i go to church every sunday and i don't like anybody there <laughs> because you know uh-huh. maybe you go to a small church right. and there's just you know the it's a small sea with not very many fish again I can, uh, you know, I encourage you to continue to expand. Like Beth said, Um, continue to expand your circle, your friendships. The more things you'll do in your community, even if that involves travel or anything like that, kind of going back to the beginning. Like, keep going back to you, your purpose, what you're called to do, and see where that takes you. Again, if it's aligning with God and His path for you, whoever you're supposed to be with will be in that path. And then, going off of that, stand firm in your standards. Of course, if your standards are to marry, you know, a literal prince, maybe you have to reevaluate. Or I guess. Modern day prints would be like, you know, 100K, nice car, you know, like, just just think about that. But don't compromise on your morals or honestly, even... There's some attributes that are going to be really important to you. If we told you to make a list of maybe the six most important qualities or attributes of a future spouse, whatever you write down is important enough to stand firm and like I kind of hinted, I played with compromising my standards when it came to Jesus in my relationship and while I learned from it, it really it was not worth that compromise whatsoever and that's when Jesus mm-hmm. really became number one. And then yeah, like I said, there's there's going to be a few other bigger things. You know, so we put God as number one. And then like I said, there's going to be a list of one to two, one to maybe six other things that may be non-negotiable. And that's okay. Feel free to stand firm in that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is so, so good. One of the best points I think that can be made about this, to be honest. And remember that with compromises, marriage is a choice. And you also talked about this earlier that like Ayla, you did that how much of marriage is a choice. Um, Right. But it's not like you find your soulmate and then everything's perfect. No, there are going to be some things you disagree on that cause problems, even things that have nothing to do with morals or faith. For example, I love travel and I used to say that I wanted a husband who loved travel as much as I did. And when I met Chad, I found out that he hates travel. So I compromised on that. And this has actually become a major point of contention between us, not a deal breaker or anything, obviously, but sometimes the things you think are shallow or trivial still matter to you in your heart. Um, So of course, start with the things when you're making this little like mental list in your head of what's most important to you. Start with the things that are objectively important, you know, like morals and their faith. But then if your last two or three on your list seem more shallow or seem like they're maybe not important, if they're important enough to be on your top five, then when they don't align in your marriage, it's going to cause problems. So whether it's a faith disagreement or the fact that you're a minimalist, like are there problems you want to deal with probably not for me my personal rule or my thought process is if it makes your top five list or your top six list that means you're probably not going to want to compromise on it so it's important to really know what those are for yourself
0: yeah and it's important to understand that compromise will come with a marriage like in whatever in like the random small things too but you know there is compromise and stuff in life but I think you're right yes you can set Your marriage up to be something really good if the super trivial or not trivial sorry the super important things to you you don't have to compromise as much on if that makes sense like
1: yeah yeah it does i'm just saying like i like i used to think that the only thing that mattered was like oh if they have the same faith everything else is fine. You'll be able to compromise, whatever. I don't have such a naive view anymore. I truly think that there are some things that people just won't be able to get past. Again, the the most important are like faith and morals. Those need to align. The objectively important things need to align. But for almost everybody, there are going to be one or two things that seem trivial. I'm using air quotes right now that are trivial and that don't matter to other people. They matter to them that the other person who's marrying them needs to be able to they need to be able to compromise right. on because it's important to them. And it goes both ways. Your spouse is going to have a couple of things. You're like, why do you care about that? Are you kidding right. me? But you got to know that if they're in their top five list before you get married, that needs to be something you're talking about because right. those are things that are not going to change in their heart. Their heart, we're human. Things are set in our minds. You know, by the way we're raised, whatever, maybe God's put on our hearts. If it's in their top five list, it's right. probably not going to change. And, and cool. I'll, I actually might like skip ahead a little bit because
0: I, my final point almost like not contradicts that, but it's just different. So I kind of like, I don't know. Mm. I want to toss that out there and see, and see what you, what you think. And also about that whole, like what you said, you know, oh gosh, words, how it can be um, not a deal breaker, but just something that the other person should know about, like for you, for travel. It doesn't mean you can't marry that other person if they don't like travel, but talk about what that's going to look like in your marriage. Talk about, are you still willing to go these places for me? Are you willing to compromise and come travel with me? And am I willing to do this? Like it doesn't have to be a deal breaker whatsoever, Mm -hmm. but you definitely want to talk about what that can look like day to day. So my, one of my points I wanted to make that might contradict this when it comes to choosing your spouse is don't overthink it. I listened to this one sermon and it's, um, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but in the, the church or the youth group that I listen to is called The Porch. And they do a huge series on marriage and dating and they do multiple. And one of the episodes was about um, how theoretically you should be able to kind of walk into a room full of believers and really pick out one of them and have a successful marriage. If you're truly, oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't think this like negates your point, but I think if you're if both of you are truly aligned with God, theoretically, just kind of your basics, you should be able to pick one and have a successful marriage. Now, not to say you should ignore the things that you like, um, like you're talking about travel, Beth, but it's still a good idea to have things. It is still a good idea to have things in common. Like I said, Chris and I were super blessed. We're very similar people. So I just I got not lucky, but uh, it was a huge blessing in that in that point. But again, yeah. when both parties have God as their center, your problems can be easier to h- handle. So I guess overall, like uncompli- uncomplicate and remove confusion from your relationship. Something else we learned is don't play games. Games are for children, and you're not a child. You're a grown up. So whether you're a man or a woman, be clear about your intentions and don't waste the other person's time. So I think it can tie really well with being clear about your intentions. I thought this was a different point, but the more I explained it, it's about the same point. Is theoretically, you can walk into a room of believers and just pick somebody because if you're both chasing God, you have the same morals and values, but also don't play games. If, you know, this is going to be a really not important example, but it's all that came to mind. If your husband's really into sports, I I would die. I just I don't care. I I cannot care about mm, sports. You too. cannot make me care. I don't i'll play the sport but i i don't care about what's happening with them if i married somebody who's into sports um which thank thank the good lord i did not but if that was if chris was really into sports and i just i loved him so much but he loved sports establishing something and not wasting time would be like i will not watch these with you i know you'll probably want me to maybe i will out of a quality time love language maybe i will sit down and watch these with you i will never like it you're going to have to find yeah. other things to talk about that aren't this, right? Like just talking about what that looks like, being like, I'm really not interested right. in this. I care about you and want to spend time with you, but this will never be a hobby I love as much as you, right? Like if, I hope that makes sense.
1: Right. No, it does. And so in my mind with that, what that is for me is that's the other person's deal breaker maybe. So like, so let me see if I can explain this well. If the, I know. This is just an example. But then if that guy's deal breaker is you must love sports or at least like you must love sports and you come together, everything else is amazing. But you realize in his top five, a love of sports is one of his like, I know it's a trivial thing, but it's like a deal breaker for him in his mind. Then that's when you maybe go, okay, well, I hate sports. I'd rather not. But out of love for you on my end, that's something that I can compromise on. I can watch with you. Exactly but it might be their deal breaker. And so like, that's where I like the point you made. And I actually agree with you about the point of like, you should in theory be able to like go into a room. If your faith is solid and you're a Christian, go into a room of Christians, be able to pick out your spouse because marriage is a choice and it's work. But I, unlike you and Chris, actually, Chad and I are polar opposites in legitimately everything except for our faith and politics. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we, so when we got married, we, this is where I said, I used to think that politics and, and faith were the only thing that mattered. Like if you're good on that, then everything else doesn't matter. And again to a point that is true right. however the, the small stuff I yeah, think but- yeah but I think there are some things that may be trivial that can be deal breakers and I think that's okay you just have to know before you go in and so like that's kind of my stance on it is like yeah. there there may be some things so I would say like I, I agree there's no need to necessarily overthink but if you know yourself really well and you know what your top 5 things are then it won't be overthinking you'll very quickly know mm. what's a deal breaker and what is not even if it's something trivial like cleanliness or travel or sports or whatever it may be. Right. And it's okay to have a couple of things that maybe seem trivial or your deal breakers. If you're like, I prayed about it. I just don't understand, but it just is my thing. Well, guess what? Actually kind of going with your, your analogy of you should be able to walk into a room and choose anyone. That means someone else is out there for you. If that's like, that's a deal breaker for me, then guess what? Someone else out there is going to love or not love those same things or will be able to compromise for you. Maybe they hate travel, but they're willing to go with you or let you go or whatever or support you. So that was
0: amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah, you everyone I think we, I, for
1: joining us on that journey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyways. Okay. So all that to say, I know that it's a tough decision when you're thinking about all these things, but we also want to remind you that praying is important to ask God to guide you, mm-hmm. ask him who he has set aside for you and how to find him. Ask if this is something you should be compromising on. If you're looking at your top five and you're like, this guy is perfect. Is it exactly who I want to marry? But this one thing doesn't align, pray and see if it's something that your heart needs to change on, or maybe their heart needs to change on so always be thinking in prayer right and to round to round off this segment
0: and then we'll hop right into our next one my last point this is honestly if people ask my marriage advice because again i'm aware i haven't been married very long so i'm not acting like i'm like a guru my main point to or uh my main piece of advice i guess that i give to people when they ask all those questions about you got married so young how do you know like you know, all the things that come with it. Uh, We actually, we went to a session of premarital counseling a few days before Mm -hmm. our wedding. It was supposed to be a six week thing, but we were engaged for like a month. So we just like went to this like jam-packed marriage counseling session. And one thing our counselors talked to us about was getting married young in your 20s. Uh, These people are marriage counselors. I think they got married when the wife was 18 and the husband was Mm -hmm. like 20, like very young. And they said, getting married in your 20s means you will both change a lot. Your 20s, I I think I already said this either now or in something else we recorded. It's a big recording day, but uh, getting married in your 20s means you will both change a lot. And sometimes when young couples get married and then divorce by 25, the main thing is you're not the person I married. I just don't know you anymore. You're not the person I fell in love with. And knowing that right off the bat is crucial because there's nothing you can do to change it. There's nothing you can do to stop your change. Well, you shouldn't, you should be ever changing. If you're just, if you stay 20 your whole life, that's a whole other thing. But, uh, (laughs) you know, so we were really blessed to go into our marriage understanding that because we were kind of like, we were kind of crazy at the time we got married. We were traveling a lot, no roots, no responsibilities. We were like, woo. And now we've, you know, been settling into life and you change a lot when you do that. I think it's a huge blessing Chris and I were talking about this the other day uh because we've known each other about five years now and I got to say like it's been so cool to see you kind of go from like teenager to man essentially and to see you grow in maturity and to see you grow in responsibility so even though it can be a scary thing you change a lot your your partner changes you're gonna change I think it's a really great and beautiful thing because you're just growing together and I think marriage makes you grow faster in in the best way possible So that is something to look out for if you are engaged young or if you're just, you know, thinking about marriage in general. If you are in your 20s or so, you're going to be changing a lot, and that's really not a bad thing at all. But just be prepared
1: for it. It's very easy
0: to look back. Who Are any of us the person we were five years ago? No, and that applies in your marriage too, basically.
1: Yeah, definitely a good point. Very, very, very vital point. That was awesome. Super glad you brought that up for sure. Um, All right, so as we promised, we're going to discuss the trend of religious folks getting married young and getting married fast. So I recently read a study, I think it was this year, that said people are now getting married later and later in life. Like in society, in the United States, there's this big trend of like, you know, people getting married more in like their 30s for the first time and stuff like that, people really putting off marriage. Right. But in religious groups, it's interesting because it's still trending the opposite way. In religious communities, they have the highest rates of people getting married young and getting married really fast. So we're going to talk about like, why is that? And there's is there anything we can learn from that?
0: Right. Yeah. And like I said, there's so many jokes about the organization Chris and I came from and just in church of like, uh, we made that joke when he was on the podcast uh, a couple weeks back of like, we knew each other for seven months. We dated for three days. We were engaged. We got married. Like it just, you know, that's like the Christian timeline or whatever. And it's such a fascinating topic really. And I think, or I guess Beth and I both think the reason it's happening ties really well into everything we've laid out already today. So In religious communities, right, whether you're talking about Christians of almost any denomination, you know, Mormons, etc., dating and the search for marriage is usually taken very seriously. So uh, along with that, you see individuals in these communities have a list of standards for their potential partners, and they take dating very seriously. Kind of everything that we've already said, a list of standards. It's a choice. It's a decision. Be intentional. So what can we take away from that? Let's talk about the first part, the standards. They usually have high standards like must be a Christian, must love the Lord more than me, must go to church regularly, must do do, uh, missions or ministry. And there's no wiggle room. And to be honest, the strict list kind of actually makes it easier for them to narrow down the search. If they dismiss anyone who doesn't align with these standards, they won't waste
1: time exactly exactly all right so now let's move on to the second thing you mentioned taking dating seriously they usually believe that the purpose of dating is that it leads to marriage like that's it that's the sole purpose of of dating it's not just for fun it's not to combat loneliness nothing like that they date someone until they find something about them that they wouldn't marry them for hand Mm -hmm. in hand with that is that they aren't afraid to bring up those serious topics and have hard conversations very early on love that yeah Because they believe dating is for the purpose of getting married, they don't waste their time on asking those important questions. So it's not uncommon for like the topic of marriage to come up within like the first or second date. I think Chad and I talked about marriage and we basically said like, yeah, we're going to – we date each other. We plan to date each other until we find something we wouldn't wear, We wouldn't marry, them, more, marry you for. Geez, sorry about that. And so that's very common in like these communities. So now you have them looking for people who meet their high moral standards and probably other preferences as well. And anyone who passes that, they move on to the dating stage and they're going to be met with immediate serious conversations mm. to make sure they're on the same page. All right. What's another takeaway? Ayla?
0: Yeah. And with that too, even like kids, people are like, oh, yeah. you can't bring up
1: kids. Bring up kids
0: right away. Like, right even away. if you're not sure if you want kids, just bring up the kid decision yeah. Um, yeah, very, very early on. And yeah, Chris and I were the same way. We were dating for a couple of days and Chris was like, so we are date we, not even dating to get married. Like marriage is the next, <laughs> the next yeah. thing. So yeah, I love that. And also like Chris and I knew a lot of like the nitty gritty details about each other's life very early on too. Like the hard stuff, the stuff that you might keep secret for a while. We knew each other, like, better than I'd ever known anybody else in our friendship. Like, that's just kind of how our friendship oh. went. So, it's, it like, talk about your your dirt, your baggage, again, early on. Because, yeah. again, if there's something that you're going to have a problem with, you either fix that and go into your marriage or it's something that's a deal breaker. Anyway, another yeah. good thing to observe – is that kids in these serious religious groups are often really involved in their church's extracurriculars. So things like small groups and Bible studies, these things are all increasing their chance of meeting people, like we said, and finding like-minded and like moral spouses. So again, Now we have people who have high standards, take dating seriously, and have serious conversations early on, and they are only looking in places where they are likely to find these people. Uh, Like I kind of shared before, I was away from the Lord for a long time, and part of it was a relationship that was a distraction. And then I made the drastic decision got out of that situation, lived in Christian community living for six months. So like everybody Mm. you are seeing constantly every day is a fellow believer. And it really recalibrated my identity and my priorities. I met many other Christian couples who were so happy, a level of happiness that I had never, I couldn't. I had never experienced it. It was different, and it took being around like more old people to realize that. It actually almost made me angry when I saw these really happy mm. Christian couples because I just left a situation, right. and I was kind of like, mm, "They think they're better." Than me. But it was just my spirit realizing yeah. that that's what was what was missing. So I had to immerse myself into that fruit to click. For some people, you might have to do that. And I'm not saying, by the way, that you can only have Christian friends. Not what I'm saying. That's just kind of no. what I did, and what led me to the decision of um and like an equally yoked marriage,
1: which we'd love to. Talk talk yeah. about another day. But exactly, exactly. Never we we talk about, you know, having friends that are Christians a lot and we're never ever saying not to have friends that aren't Christians. Yeah. We're just saying that, you know, the importance of having your main group because those are the ones who are going to shape you. They need to be like-minded and like moral. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, wow. so so awesome. So our takeaway from that basically from all of that is that we think there's a formula in there that really works. Not that you should or have to get married young. That's not our takeaway necessarily from Mm -hmm. these trends in the religious community. But just the other things, making sure you have high standards, have those hard conversations, all of that. Because when you do that, you're more likely to find someone who fits what you're looking for in your marriage. And you are, honestly, if you're doing all that also, just kind of, you just happen to be more likely to get married young. We're not saying that you should get married young, but that's probably more likely what's going to happen.
0: Right. Yeah. Once again, All it comes down to is making your decisions with intention and being intentional. Mm -hmm. We love that over here. So yeah, to sum up, basically, if you're not even sure where you stand on marriage, that's a great time to take time to get to know yourself and get to know yourself in Jesus. Next step after that, if you're starting to lean towards marriage, check where you're looking. What places are you looking? You find somebody. Okay, have the hard conversations. Do they have the same morals and values? If everything really checks out, you're good to go. Have a happy marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's of lots course. of things in between, but that's, but this was, we've, I think you've basically got a formula. There's lots of variables yes. in between, yes. but that's the general formula that we want to pass right. on to you.
1: Yeah. Right. We're not perfect and we're not trying to give relationship advice. We're just saying that this is a good general formula for making the decision of marriage and then finding your spouse, finding a spouse yeah. who's going to be compatible with
0: you. All aligning with you and your purpose and what God has yeah. called you to do. Bethany, exactly. this was amazing. This <laughs> got me so love fired it. up. Love I am so passionate, not only about marriage, but just about like identity and purpose for young people, for young Christians. I'd, exactly. I'd really love to talk more about this and more about being married young because honestly, there's so many pros in that too. Like, uh, there's yeah. just like, yeah, there's so much I really love about it. So much I really love about like singleness season, just all of that. Like, uh, I'm so, I'm just,
1: yes. what fun. What fun we've had today. (laughs) What fun. So much fun. As always, honestly, as always, especially when we're talking about stuff we're passionate about. As always, let us know your thoughts on this topic. Can you relate? Did you also get married young or have a similar experience, even similar dating experience as either of us? Mm -hmm. Any questions about the episode, you know where to find us. You know where to comment. Find us on Instagram at Art of Intention Podcast. You can email us at artofintentionpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you listen on all of the apps, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Zencaster. Find us at Art of Intention. We'd love for you to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating leave a comment. We love the support. Yep. And we
0: love connecting with you guys each Monday. We will see you to do it all again next week. Bye.
1: Bye.